What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the J Red Show on Anchor and Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts. The Buffalo Bills dominate the Pittsburgh Steelers 38 to 3. Josh Allen had a tremendous game. 20 for 31, 424 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Gabriel Davis was three catches for 171 yards, two touchdowns. One of them being a 98-yard pass on the third play of the game. And Buffalo just dominated that game from start to finish. Last week, I said this was going to be a um a tune-up game before a big giant game versus the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Although, I did have some Steelers fans convince me that this team is not as bad as what their record shows. I like Pickett. I like Pickens. And they have some nice pieces. Minus TJ Watt. And TJ Watt's out. So, they'll be even better when TJ Watt comes back. So, plus they reminded me what happened last year with Jacksonville. But in the end of the day, it was just a lopsided game, and the Bills just dominated from start to finish. Gabriel Davis looks like he's recovered from that injury, and um, not much needs to be said. Now they go on to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs barely beat the Vegas Raiders 30-29. On the defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs are vulnerable. But they still have Patrick Mahomes and um, Travis Kelsey, which is going to make things difficult for the Buffalo defense. But the Bills' defense needs to play big. Their defense, the Bills' defense, is better than the Chiefs' defense. They need to win the turnover battle, and red zone chances need to be touchdowns. Um, another, um, another key of the game is they got to contain their defensive line. If they could do that, Allen, Diggs, Davis, and Nas can. Pick apart the secondary. The same might go for Kansas City. Um, but um, Milano and Edmonds is the X factor. Plus Porter could help. Um, another key, which is going to be very difficult to do, is cover Kelsey. But the Raiders plan on leaving him wide open in the end zone didn't pan out well. But I'm not sure how you cover Kelsey. Cover four, have Milano and safety on him, and four guys in his zone pass coverage. Milano and Edmonds have made a lot more big-time plays because they are freed up by the defensive line. Right now, the Buffalo Bills have a plus-91 turnover ratio point differential. That is insane for Week 5. I mean, I look around the NFL, and the Buffalo Bills are... Clearly the best team in the NFL, and there's, I, I'm going to hesitantly say there's no second-place team. Um, there's a couple teams who could overthrow them. I mean, as good as the Bills are, it's the NFL, and it's really difficult to win the Super Bowl. But now I go around the league. Starting with the AFC East, the New York Jets crushed the Miami Dolphins 4-17. This is what I expected from Miami heading into this season. 
Zach Wilson was 14 for 21, 210 yards. And he has breathed some life into the Jets, who is now 3-2 and two and second place in the AFC East. <coughs> and Miami better hope that Tua Tagovailoa can recover quickly. Or else their season is going down the drain. And here comes New England, who crushed the Detroit Lions 29-0. So it's going to be an interesting race for second place in the AFC East. And it depends which one of these quarterbacks get healthy. And as of now, the only one who's healthy is the Jets' Zach Wilson. But Buffalo should still easily win this division. AFC North, Baltimore leads at 3-2. and two. If it wasn't for those late season, late choke jobs versus Buffalo and uh, Miami, they'd be 5-0. and oh. And they probably are the third best team in the conference behind Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, that defense, their defense is bad, and that's why I'm a little hesitant to call them a Super Bowl contender. But they're definitely on the border. They're definitely up there. Um, Cincinnati's 2-3. and three. The only reason I'm still not counting on Cincinnati is because they did it last year. Burrow overcame a terrible offensive line and got the um, Bengals to the Super Bowl. But so far through five games, I am not impressed with Cincinnati. Cleveland, their offense is good, and it'll be even better when Watson comes back. But they don't have a good defense, so I think they're in trouble. Pittsburgh, like I said, I don't think they're as bad as the record shows, but they're still bad. AFC South, Tennessee has now won three games in a row and improved to 3-2. and two. So... They currently lead the division, but I still think it's the worst division in football. I'm still not impressed with Tennessee. AFC West, like I said, Kansas City is the second-best team behind Buffalo. Chargers is just like Baltimore. They're just on the cusp of Super Bowl contention, but I'm not sure I can quite get them over that hump. And then um, Denver and Vegas are really bad. On to the NFC East. Um... Philadelphia is 5-0, the only undefeated team in football. And they're probably the favorites to win the NFC. I know some fans are hesitant towards them because they did feast on an easy schedule, which I think is fair. But the NFC is the weaker conference right now. So, as a Buffalo has a plus 41-point differential at a um, plus... Plus 91, Philadelphia and San Francisco are tied for second with 47. I think that is what makes Philadelphia a Super Bowl contender. But the crazy thing with the NFC East is, minus the Washington Commanders, um, if you take away the Washington Commanders, the combined record of that division is 13-2. and two. The Cowboys and the Giants are both 4-1. and one. But I don't know about those two. I really like what Brian Dable's done to the Giants. And um, we'll see how long they can keep it up. But I don't know if they're as good as that 4-1 record indicates. Remember, the 2008-2011 Buffalo Bills started 4-1. The Giants could be one of the worst 4-1 teams of all time. But hey, 4-1's 4-1. They'll keep winning until they... They keep winning. I'll continue to eat the crow on them. 
the Cowboys. I thought they were in trouble when Dak Prescott ran down, but Cooper Rush has them at 4-1. and one, And they have a giant game versus the Eagles in this upcoming Sunday for the lead of the NFC East. We will see if this team is for real. And the Washington Commanders, well, their Super Bowl victory will be when Dan Snyder no longer owns that team. NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings are leading that division at 4-1. But just like the Cowboys and the Giants, I don't know if they're that good. The Packers, I am unimpressed. And I think they're just, despite having Aaron Rodgers, they are just outside of the Super Bowl contention. I really am not impressed with them so far. If, I mean, maybe I, I guess Aaron Rodgers keeps him at Super Bowl contention, but I'm just not impressed with them so far. Um, and then the Bears are four and one, the two and three, the Lions are one and four. I was Detroit's the most disappointing team. I was expecting more of them from this year. I mean, yeah, it's still early, but still probably the most disappointing team. NFC South, Tampa Bay should easily win this division. The Buccaneers have a lot of flaws, but I just cannot count out Tom Brady. He always finds a way to get it done. Every time we say Tom Brady's done, this is probably going to be his final year, he looks bad, he somehow keeps his team, gets keeps getting back to the Super Bowl. He alone makes Tampa Bay a Super Bowl contender. And then no other team in the South is that good. And then finally, the NFC West. As I said, San Francisco is tied with the second point highest point differential in Philadelphia. Had this season, I was sold that the 49ers were a Super Bowl contender. Then they had that embarrassing 11-10 loss to the Denver Broncos, which changed my mind. But... When I look at the point differential, their DVOA, and how weak the NFC is, I think they're up there by default. The NFL is under fire by the officiating. What else is new? As last week, both Derek Carr and Tom Brady get sacked, and the NFL calls roughing the passer. I get the NFL is overreacting to the Tua Tagovailoa situation, but they're going from one end of the extreme to the other. Now it's like you can't touch a quarterback or else roughing the passer. And I don't know how the NFL fixes this problem, but they've had this awful officiating problem for years. On to college football. The top five remains the same. It's going to be it's Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Michigan. But I don't think there's a huge gap between the top five and the bottom in the next five, as I thought there was. Because Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan have all shown vulnerability despite having a 6-0 record. Alabama's especially in trouble without Bryce Young. And we're going to have a very interesting game this week versus Tennessee. Alabama barely escaped Texas A&M 24-20. Had they lost that game, it would have been the second time they've lost to the Aggies. As I said, they're missing Bryce Young. Another big game is between Penn State and Michigan. Although, I of the top five, Michigan's easily the um, 
is the weakest of, the, of those five teams. And I'm having a tough time seeing Michigan beat Ohio State and get to this college football playoff. But this is why I can't wait for the expansion so we can see all the Power 5 champions in there. Hockey season is underway. And What are your thoughts on football? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow. And now we go from the gridiron to the ice where hockey season was underway. The Buffalo Sabres will begin their season on um, Thursday versus the Ottawa Senators. And as I said on this on past shows, expectations are higher than it was last year, but still low. My hope, my realistic hope for the Buffalo Sabres this year is that they become, is that they become the Baltimore Orioles of hockey. I don't think they'll make the playoffs because the division is just too hard. Um, but I'm hoping this team will give us a season that's not over by Thanksgiving. Give us meaningful games in April. The sad thing about the Buffalo Sabres is the last time they've had meaningful games in April was 2012, the first year under the ownership of Terry and Kim Pagula. They haven't even come close since. Um... To put it into perspective, the, the Bills, in their 17-year playoff drought, there were only three seasons where they failed to win six games. Now, the Sabres did have a strong two months. They went 16-9-3 in those last two months. They showed some life under Don Granado. And honestly, that's all I really want to see. Just some life from this franchise. I mean, it's just really sad how it's gone with the Sabres under the Pagulas. And this is a reliable source from SabresFans.com. Um, it sounds like Kim Pagula had a massive stroke. This is just... Um, where is that the PSE's plan of formal public update sometime soon? So you gotta wonder, will we ever see Kim in public again? How, how, could she? Will she still be president of the team again? I mean, I hope she's okay. I mean, I look at the future. Of this team. Um, I want to get back to the team on the ice before I talk about the Pagulas. Um. Here's the bare minimum I want to see. Um, Casey Middlestat needs to have a breakout year. Um, Cousins need to show definite signs of development. Comrie needs to be a reliable part of the goaltending rotation. The top four should be solid, but I have some question marks in the, in the bottom three. Um, Ukepekaluda needs to, to start in job stay healthy. Middlestat needs to stay healthy and produce all year. Power needs to avoid dread sophomore slump. Krebs um, will be my pick for a breakout year. I would think and hope the team's intentions to alternate between Puka Bukalugan and Comrie, with Anderson as the only occasional third for insurance. I also think the power will contend for the Calder. Um, but back to the Pagulas. Um, 
it's kind of ironic how the Pagula era went. When the Pagulas bought the team in 2011, Sabres fans were sick of the heroic run for ninth place. So they embarked on the tank for Jack Eichel. Of course, that blew up in their face. They haven't even come close to the playoffs. Now we go into a season where a ninth place finish is going to give, would feel like winning the Stanley Cup. And frankly, I just want to win the fans back. I just want to feel something for this team because there's a lot of uncertainty. There was rumors about the Pagulas selling the team earlier, and now they're um, and now Kim Pagula's fighting for her life. If Adams and Carmanos can do this franchise what Bean and McDermott did to the Bills, great. But frankly, I, I just, give me just half of that. Just get back to the playoffs. Get um. Get health, um, keep drawing sellout crowds. I mean, last year was rock bottom, especially the 18-game losing streak. Just selling no, just empty arenas and just an awful experiment. And now the Sabres have just taken a huge step forward. They need to keep, keep and this year they really needed to take another step forward. <coughs> And Kim Bagul, I hope she's okay. But when she gets healthy, she she and Terry really need to upgrade the arena and make it a positive, make Sabres hockey a positive experience again. Um, around the NHL, um, some Stanley Cup predictions. Um, I think Colorado was the favorite to win it again. They'll be bringing back most of their team of winning the that won the Stanley Cup last year. But if there's any hope for Canada, who has not won the Cup in 30 years, if they don't win it this year, it'll be three whole decades out of the Stanley Cup for Canada since the 90 Canadians. But I think the two teams that's most likely to win it is the Calgary Flames or the Edmonton Oilers. The East, I don't know who emerges from the East. Probably Florida. Tampa Bay, I think, is is trending downwards. It's hard to repeat. As they they got to the finals three years in a row, win the first two. It's hard to repeat. I still think they'll be good, but I think they're trending downwards. I think the Florida rival, their interstate Florida rivals, the Panthers, will probably be the favorites to win the cup. Toronto's going to be up there. Can they finally win a playoff series? Boston's trending downward. I do love the Carolina Hurricanes, so if the Panthers don't win, I can see the see the Hurricanes bit there. Finally, on to major, on to major league baseball playoffs. Hey man, Twitter trade show. Um, we saw a crazy wild card round. We saw um first we saw a fifteen inning game where we see Gonzalez after fifteen innings of scoreless baseball. Walk off to send the Guardians to the a- a- ALDS uh, after a walk off victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. We saw the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, we saw the Toronto Blue Jays um, choke a eight one lead to the Seattle Mariners. I think John Schneider should be fired to that. Um, 
The Padres beat the Mets, and the Phillies upset the Cardinals. Um, the Yankees did beat the Guardians four to one. The Guardians have great pitching. The Yankees have great hitting. So we'll see um, who wins in that round. I'll um, go with the Yankees. They're up one nothing right now. Um, I will be shocked if the final four isn't um. Yankees, Astros, Braves, and Dodgers. Although the Tyler Sequoia and the Phillies beat the Braves 7-6. So, the Braves, who almost choked away a playoff um, their playoff appearance, um, are sh showing why MLB could be a bit of a, a, a crapshoot. So, we'll see what happens. Fi finally, um, in English soccer, one of the biggest surprises is Liverpool, Who's at two four and two for ten points and tenth place in the Premier League? Even though they came in the season projected to be favorites, I mean it's still early. I mean Trent Alexander Arnold's wolves are on high profile, but Virgil Van D Fabio and Jordan Henderson and Mohamed Salah have also been sure of their best. If this doesn't turn around, I think Hergen Klopp should be on the hot seat. So, what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I'll see you later.